This is another episode of the Rayshon Gatson Anime Podcast, or RGAP for short. And on today's episode, we're going to be interviewing Warren Dotson, the author of the new book, New Light. We're going to be talking about what inspired him to create the book, and also learn about his other skills, such as being an animator. So if that has you interested, then sit back and enjoy the ride. Before we get started with the interview, I wanted to allow my guests the opportunity to introduce themselves and also tell us your top three anime. Hello, my name is Warren Dodson, and if I were to pick my top three anime, number three is Soul Eater. Number two is actually a tie between Grappler Baki and Kenichi the Mightiest Disciple. And number one would be Naruto. Okay. I like the Naruto pick. I like the... um Mighty Disciple pick. That is actually, I haven't really heard a lot of people pick that as their top three anime. I enjoy watching that anime because I love a lot of karate based anime and also learning the teaching of it. So I thought that was really cool. Naruto, one of my top three. <laughs> yeah, uh, with Kenichi, that was when, when I saw that they were going into like every style and they weren't just like, blowing it off it was one of those in-depth animes it was probably the point where i was like all right i need to keep watching this also uh one of the characters i believe is a sony chiba reference because he because they call him the 10th degree street fighter and i was like he looks like he's meant to be based off one of sony chiba's roles oh that is really interesting i didn't even think about that but um for my top three i will have to pick dragon ball Listen to my podcast. You have to know Dragon Ball is one of my top animes. I, I can't go. I can't let anything go above it. Naruto second. And then right now I'm pitting Bleach right here. And it's really had to do with the thousand year blood war arc. And also I do like the original Bleach, but that thousand year blood war arc was phenomenal to me. I thought it was pretty good. So I have Bleach on there. But that goes for talking about our anime. Let's go ahead and talking about your book. Now, I've seen that on Indiegogo that you started a um, basically. What is what what is basically that? It's like you're starting like a, um, a sponsorship, trying to get people to donate into the cause. Is that what Indiegogo is? Yeah, yeah. It was that was the campaign to get okay. the book funded and also allow people to order their pre-orders so okay. they could have the book ready. That was how. That was how it got started because it was a hybrid publishing model. Okay, I've been seeing a lot of people using Indiegogo and basically trying to promote the work and get um, donations to help sponsor it. So it's pretty cool. And anybody out there, if you're trying to get your books out there or anything, Indiegogo might be a good place for you to look. Um, I liked it that that the whole, when I was reading it, trying to figure out what the book, and it was basically you're trying to show a whole new community, but also show a very diverse community. And I thought that was very interesting. And I also liked that it was kind of a quote in there, and you were basically like, why am I making this? And you were like, why? Because why not? And I'm like, yeah, why fucking not? Like, you know what I mean? So I basically like your energy, and also the fact that it has to do with magic. What made you think I'm going to go with magic because that's an interesting thing to write about. Uh, going with magic was it, it, it sort of it grew on me because I used to be like 
I was always more sci-fi leaning. Like I love technology. I love like seeing how like people would use physics or calculations to create like stories. But with magic, uh, the more and more stories I read, the more things I saw about magic and the more I realized that like, it's not just the wizard with the wand. It's more like there's several varying types. Mm-hmm. Magic sort of became like, okay, so you can, you could also like meld magic with science fiction because like I mentioned, I was inspired by Kingdom Hearts because of how they were able to meld like the classical Disney Renaissance with like Square Enix's hard hitting Final Fantasy aesthetic. And I was like, you could probably take, take, probably put magic and science fiction in the same world. So that's why I like have characters who use magic, but they're surrounded by advanced technology. Okay. That's really interesting. Okay. Then my first question that I want to ask you is basically, what inspired you to make this? Like, what made you say, I'm going to make this book? Uh, so New Light has gone through at least four or five different versions. Okay. It, it started life as like a just, I drew like six different char- six different dudes in six different varying animation styles, trying to see like what they would look like as a team. And then it took on, and then it just took on more and more forms. But the main thing that was driving it was always, I want a team of at least six or seven people working together to do something incredible because I also wanted to include like all of the people I've known in my life. Cause I haven't just known like one specific culture. I've known multiple types of people who all worked with either myself or my family to do something. And I wanted to create a story that felt like that. Oh, okay. Oh, that's really a strong message that a lot of people need to hear that there is diversity out here and we all can work together. So I really do like that. Um, you kind of a little bit answered my second question as basically who, um, who are the main characters based on? Are they based on people from your life and stuff? Oh yeah. Yeah. So to be, to be a bit more exact or a bit mm-hmm. more clear, Sisset was a combination of both uh, some some aspects from myself and some aspects from people I considered just considered smart or leader types. Uh, Jax, the other African American character, was based around like my father and my uncle and my and my best man and my best brother. I got sorry, I got to get my word right. Uh, my basically my second my brother from another family. Okay. Uh, they all, they all, he takes on their dialects and like their charisma. And, uh, there's also like Dixie was based around a friend of mine in college who I considered like really smart, really put together, really focused. Uh, Shade was based around a friend who keep, who kept to herself, but when you talk to her, she would open up. Med was more or less based around a few people I've seen just walking around. Like they'll normally be shy, but they'll also be like, really intelligent scratch was based and scratch was based around like every person I've met who's just been off the walls, excited to talk to you. Okay. So where is this book set it at? Like, did you create or did you um, create a whole new setting or did you base it off a real life place? Uh, so I created a new world, but I created a new world that had like that twist that made you think that if you read it and you didn't look up the names, you think, Oh yeah, they probably live somewhere in the future the thing is you have to like pay close attention because it they take place in the world of mistian and the thing about mistian is that 
you could you could walk around somewhere in Mistian, like say you could walk around somewhere and notice like landmarks from Chicago, like you'll see the Willis Tower, you'll see what looks like wherever the Buffalo Bills, I mean the Chicago Bulls play, you'll see like all of these iconic locations, and then suddenly you'll notice that the city looks and sounds like Hong Kong or Japan. It looks like it looks like Tokyo or like Hong Kong. And it seems like it's incredibly advanced. And that's like the point where something clicks and says, wait, this isn't this isn't Earth. Like every city, like there are cities that will have there are cities that will be like Italian port cities. And then you'll walk down them and someone will start speaking Hindi to you or they'll start speaking Zosa. So it's basically like, oh, yeah, you recognize the environment. But then the culture is the entire 180 from what you think it should be. Wow, that is really interesting. So it's like you go to China, but it's kind of, but it's all Jamaicans there, kind of that yeah. type of feel. Okay, I like that. That's a different kind of switch on uh, on that. So my next question would basically be, what was the process of basically getting this book published? We kind of talked about Indiegogo in the beginning, but what were some of the other things? Because I know there's different type of publishing you can do, like some where you bring put all the money up and I think you collect all the funds or something like that. So could you elaborate on that? Yeah. So the way it went for me was uh, that Kickstarter came around the marketing, around the marketing editor phase, because when I was doing it, I started out just trying to find a writer's group and ended up in a publishing track. So it started out working with one editor who looked at the original draft and gave me pointers and told me, okay, here's what we need to fix. Here's what we need to do because you have a great story. We just need to put it in a different voice. And then you write your second draft and work on that all the way through, constantly tweaking, touching up and everything. Then you go to the marketing editor who helps you get everything polished so you can talk about it, how you can get it perfect so you can like explain everything mm-hmm. and then it goes to and then after that when you get the campaign launched and you get all the funds acquired for it you get you go we went to the copy editor and the copy editors looked for like typos grammatical mistakes you know all of those things making sure that it was all ready and then then it published like maybe two or three weeks after that as i remember okay so were there any, because you talked about Kingdom Hearts, and that's more of a game. And I wanted to ask you more specific, were there any anime elements that kind of inspired you when creating this book? Uh, if I were to go off anime elements, I do know that when I, one of the things that made me get a bit more into magic was like fairy tales way of using magic, which was okay. Uh, which was how those characters would like either hold their hands or like, you know, Natsu he punches his fist together creates that fire, fire soul. So there was like the inspiration of you get one element, but if you know what you're doing, you are probably you're a threat with that element. There was that put into there. Okay. And there was, and there was like inspiration from believe the story of a little bit of how Advent children, the anime movie for final fantasy seven. Okay. Did, like, how, helped visualize some of the world. A bit more. So, so there was, there was that. There was those. But I most guess. of the time it was like, uh, most of the time it was more like the feel of anime was there, but it was trying, but I was just trying to like think 
think on my own, so I didn't like copy anything. I feel you on that. When you like envision this story in your head, like do do you see this like in kind of like an anime type of style or more like a a, a gaming type of style? When I when I look at it, like when I'm sitting there just writing it, it is like a fast moving anime. Okay. To me, like when I see it, it's like stylized in my head, and I have to like I had to get really good at learning how to purposely depict everything. Like I had to learn how to be very descriptive because I knew because I knew what it looked like, but I had to make sure someone understood this is exactly what it looks like. Okay. Did you get anybody you know around you to read your book to get you like oh to see if they liked it to basically get more different perspectives? Uh, so I knew I know like a lot of my aunts, uncles, and cousins. They all picked it up. Okay. Uh, I definitely showed it to my mom and dad from time to time. I showed it to a good friend of mine who I would trust to tell me because she's critiqued my art to heavy degrees, and I did show it to a few teachers. Like I made sure a few adult uh, teachers who taught me how to write or knew about writing looked at it themselves as well. Okay. Okay. That's always one thing. Like I've always wanted to create a book, but sometimes I'll be like, I don't know if I want to let people read it. I don't know what they're going to say. Is it really good? You know what I mean? They get all into your head when all you got to do is just do it. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. Like the only thing I can say to that is like, you have to, you have to understand that like when you, when you write something, if you want to make sure it works, uh, you should go like talk to anyone that is willing to read because that is always feedback. Yeah. And if you get and if you get feedback that that critiques it, then you have to just take that in stride and work to figure out how do you fix that. But you also have to like be able to sift through the unnecessary feedback, like something they're asking you that you know is going to be explained in maybe a later chapter or something. Okay. This question is a little bit coming off the book, but also getting into your other skills. It's basically, did you start learning basically animation? I don't know if you knew it before, but did you basically start animation to help with the making of the book? Okay, so animation and the book don't coincide like like that. Like I learned animation or I started getting into animation when I was like seven or eight. Like okay. when I got anime studio like five way back when. and Book book writing became more of a focus when I was like in high school, when I was trying to think about, okay, so what do I really want to do? Like, what do I what do I want to do? Because I know I don't want to do like architecture. I don't want to go into accounting. I don't want to be like I don't want to do technical work. I don't want to do like that type of technical work. I want to do something that fits my personality a bit better, like lets me just kind of do what I'm good at. And what I ended up with was like, okay, book writing is a good way to start because even though I did animation, I didn't know where to get like technical training or at the very least, I didn't see myself doing that the most. I saw myself writing more. Okay. So who are some of the um, the authors that basically helped inspire you to create a book and make you want to read a book? Like who do you get excited to read? Okay, so when I I've never had like a specific author in my head. Like it's it's always been like a specific genre. So I read like almost anybody. So I never I could never like bank it down to someone. 
Okay. But I do know like what stories I did read that made me go read reading's fun and books are like a lot better. They were like Okay. They were the the givers of Mice and Men. Like those two books, when I read them, I really got into them so much that I was just reading them like nonstop. I didn't put them down. Then there's like the old Nightwing comics. Those those really inspired me because like they uh they they actually made me understand why Nightwing was so important to Dick Grayson because I grew up with Teen Titans and of course I liked Robin. I liked the idea of Robin more than Nightwing at one point until those comics. And there's also uh I also have Naruto manga. So when I read Kishimoto's way of so when I saw the manga too, that also like made me go, Okay. So that's like how you translate it, because there are like a few differences in the manga from the anime. That's interesting. You said something that's that's is, is gonna throw me off throw us off a little bit. But I did not know that the Teen Titans, Robin and Nightwing were two different people. I thought they both were Dick Grayson. No, no, they are Dick Grayson. I just oh, okay, okay. I liked him. I liked him more as Robin because I was oh. so attached to that to okay. that to that identity of Dick Grayson. That when I saw Nightwing, I was just kind of like not ready yet, I guess. And then when I read his comics, I was like, okay, now I see why Nightwing's important. This is who he actually is. Okay, I need to read some more of his comics because I really don't even know more of his story. I kind of know more about um. The other Robin, I think Todd something. I can't think of his name. But going back into the book, my next question is, I think, kind of an interesting question. But what do you think is some of the biggest misconceptions would create in a book? Uh, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know what most people say, because I, I, I had the pleasure of growing up around people who didn't ask questions. They just offered support. Like they were just, they were just like impressed. But I think something that a lot of people think is that you can write a book in like, like a month, typically. Like that's the average time it takes. Like it's like when someone writes a book, it's like, okay, so is the next one coming out soon or later? It's like, <sighs> no, no, it, it, it takes, it takes a while to write a book. Like you don't, like there are authors who can, Get, sit down, be at their computer for like a day and have like a first draft. But like most, most people, or at least most people I knew, writing a book takes a while because once you start, you have, you kind of have to fight your own brain to be like, just let me write this one bad version and then we can go back and fix it. And then, and it's sometimes like, no, 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 fix that. You mess something up there. You need to like redo that. That and also, when you get it to someone, like when you get it to an editor, you are there to work on it with an editor. You are working throughout the long haul. You are going back and forth, redoing, rewriting, just trying your best to get everything to a point where you can have something to be proud of. And I think a lot of people don't really, I think there are, there are a few, there are a few people who think, well, that's, that can't be that long of a process. No, it, it, it it's that long of a process. It takes a good while. Okay. I got another question I kind of just thought of on the spur of the moment. Was it hard getting critiques from your editor? Or did you oh, ever no, no, disagree no. with a critique? Like, um, I don't... And how did you kind of dissolve that? Or did you just say, you know what? He's, he knows what they're doing, so I'm just going to do that. Uh... It was never hard to get critiques. It was never hard to get like this needs to work better with those editors. They they were very thorough. 
They were very much like this needs to change and this needs to change with my work. The thing then the thing was like there were there were a lot of times I was like, okay, so I just need to fix that or patch that up. But there were there were a few things that I was like, trust me, I know what this means. I know why this is here. This is here for that reason. And I kept and I kept it there. And they and I had to do that a few times and they finally said, Okay, fine. I was allowed to put my foot down, but there were like, there were more moments where I was like, okay, okay yeah, yeah. what you're trying to tell me to do. Let me just put that in. I can understand that because sometimes you want to have your voice, but sometimes these are people who actually then added other people's books. Cause so they do have some type of knowledge in what they're doing. So I know cause sometimes it's hard for people to take critique, especially when it's something you didn't write yourself. And you didn't put all the time in there. You think this is a masterpiece. And then you get that paper back and they got all that red on there. You're just sitting there like, oh, what? But, you know, everybody got to go through this phase. It's just a phase through the process. My next question was basically, do you have any advice for anybody out there that might want to, that's thinking about creating a book? Like, what should they first steps be? Uh, my advice, uh, I, have, I have a few things that I think are good to know is that, if you if you want to write a book and you and you're a little off on an idea, uh, always don't be afraid to go back to those ideas to like those little stories or imaginate or imaginative thoughts you had when you were like three through like eight. Because the thing was, they were you were like if you're three through eight and you're coming up with a story, of course it sounds ridiculous to you as an adult, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that. You were a kid who didn't know how to develop. You didn't have that skill or that thought process you have now that tells you, hey, you need to make sure this is explained or something. Because all of those stories are still viable stories. Like they may actually be like great stories. They were just like done when you were so young, you didn't develop them. And the second thing I'd say for anyone writing a book, uh, this is said by everybody, but it's okay if that first draft is terrible. It is very okay if the first draft is the worst writing in your opinion or in anyone else's opinion. Because the point of that first draft is not to, is not to make, is not to make like your gigantic, is not to build everything out. It's to give you a skeleton or to give you like a starting point. Like this is the first step. And if there, and if it's, and if you stumble to get that first step, it's okay. Because guess what? You're about to go back and fix everything until it looks and is as smooth as you want it. Okay. That's some sound advice. And also I kind of want to add on there is you're going to fail, but you just got to keep trying. Everybody fails and everybody fails and everybody fails, but you're going to have to keep trying. If you really want to do something, you're going to have to do it. I also have another question because this might help some other people out there. Are you in like any school? Are you in like any higher education right now or? Uh, so I graduated in 2021. Okay. 2021. I went, I did go to college. I went to college specifically for writing and I learned about like how to network. That, that, that's why one of the things I, I always say is I don't think college is a scam. Like I, I can understand why people don't go. I can understand the issue with people going, but I always say like, don't, don't just like dismiss it. At least, Try and give it a chance if you can, because it does have a lot of real world application or real world skills it teaches you. Mm-hmm. And it also is a good place to like, if nothing else, figure out where you are, because a lot of the experiences I had in college helped me realize, OK, this is why I want to do this. 
I want to do this for this, for this moment in my life. Like I need this hobby to help me be better at writing. I need this hobby to help me do something while I'm working. I need this to do that. It helps you like get a roadmap. So yeah, I do have like, I do have a higher or secondary education. Okay. So is writing your full-time job or you just do this part-time or? Uh, I want writing to be my full-time job. I would love it if content creation or just writing was all I did. Okay. So you're just basically trying to get yourself to that point. So is there any new projects on the way? As far as writing goes, yeah, I am. I did start the second. I did start the second book. I have. I have done the layouts. I have also started writing the first chapter, and I'm just trying to follow my own advice, get out of my head of trying to make it perfect. Just make that make that first draft and everything. But uh, uh, it's a lot different now because the first book kind of kind of gives you a parameter. It's like okay, so they can't revert back to this. They can't do this again. Don't make them fight the same sort of thing because, like, you don't want them to repeat the first book all over again. You want them to advance. So it seems like they're growing. Yeah. Like that power crawl they're going to take. And uh, also, like, so this is a sequel book. Yeah, it's the sequel to this first one. Okay. And there's also there's also a book that honestly I need to make sure is written because it's it's a it's a personal favorite of my mom. She wants to see it published, so it's it's there. It's there, and it's got its own little special place in my head. And I'm like, yeah, I need to go put it down on the page somewhere. Oh, so you got another book you got to get down on paper? Okay, yeah. that's pretty interesting. So are you are are you going to go through the same editors and everything with the second book? Uh, I'll see because I don't I don't know yet. I just want to get the first draft done and then go from there. Is this going to be New Light 2, or is it too early to say? Oh, yeah, it is New Light 2. It is. The oh, it's going to be New Light 2. Okay. All right, then. So that's basically all the questions I have. I wanted to, if there was anything else you wanted to add or say about the book, I would let you have the floor right now. Uh, one other thing I just like saying about the book is that when I, when I'm, when I envision people reading the book or what I hope people do when they read the book is like, uh, have fun. Like the book, the book has a few real world topics, but at the end of the day, it was always meant to be this book that when you picked up, you could read to just read something like have fun with it. Take some time with it. If you want and now analyze it, talk, talk to other people about it. Just like when you're reading, if you do read it, just don't, like take it take it seriously but don't don't like try and look for every single minute real world adventure like take it's a it's a chance to take a break and then if you want to go back and like think about everything in it again you can totally do that okay so even this is just a book to kind of just get you out of what's happening in the world and take you to a, a fantasy to just get your mind off of things it's not something you need to critique analyze make youtube videos oh they're this powerful they're this powerful this is a book for fun to get you guys to you know uh, I, I mean I, I wouldn't mind all the critiques and analysis of what oh you're okay you figure it out. but more more what i'm saying is like more what I'm saying is like, do what you need to do with it. Like whatever distracts you from the world for a minute, do what you need to do with that book. If you have, if you have to critique it, go on ahead. If you want to like analyze power structure, that's totally fine with me. If you want to like 
look for minute hidden details about the world. Because I do put in a few like hidden real world and Easter eggs and a few fun things for my life in there. Okay. That would be cool to have people like point this out. Like, oh, okay. I feel you on that. All right, then. Is that everything you want to say about the book? Or was there anything else you wanted to add? Or, uh, yeah, I think that should be everything I should put about the book. All right. Do you have any animation projects you got coming out or? Yeah. So I work on animation on a channel called the Cobalt Coyote. And right now I do, I do this thing called the story of the Helltaker. I took the Helltaker fan game, the Helltaker game from Van Ripper and just decided I'm going to see if I can make a fan animation of this entire game story. Just see if I can like pull it off because it helps me practice. Like, Let's okay. me work on different type of character models because there's a wide because there's a bit of a wide cast that has different body types and facial types. Oh, you gonna definitely have to send me a link of that. I gotta see that. Yeah, and uh, I also like to work with uh, my my like seven OCs, uh, and I call them the seven OCs because I need a better name and I just can't think of the right one. But what happened? To these guys was there was originally only one dude. His name is Damien. One day he li- he lives on a prison, like he lives like in between the light spectrum, basically. One day the prison kind of went bright, and Damien was reverted to like only un- only wearing white clothes, like he only wore white clothes, and he didn't have like that ethereal presence. He still had power, but he was just sort of hanging out. What happened was his energy got transferred to six other people who he later met and became friends with. So now they just sort of hang out in their in their town. I like to call illuminate because because it's like a very colorful place. And they just and they all just decided to hang out together. Okay, so that's basically the whole story of the, the animation. That's the story of like those OCs. Like you'll see them. Like I'll mention their names, like Damien, Mikey, Rex, X, Evan, Solomon, and Reno. But yeah, when you see like the guys that have a specific color and they're talking with one another, that's those dudes. I do. I kind of like that. You say you you might need a new name, but I I think when you put the seven OC, the seven in front of it, kind of just kind of works. I don't know why. Like the seven OCs, like you know, they got some type of meaning to them. But all right, then. So that's basically how we're going to end today's episode. I want to thank you guys for listening. And I want to thank any new listeners, wherever you guys are tuning in. I want you guys to like and subscribe wherever you're listening. And I want to thank Warren Doxon for coming on and chatting with us and telling us about his book. I want to give you the opportunity to plug yourself again, basically tell everybody where they can find you, where is the book, uh, where they can buy the book at. All right. So. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for letting me just ramble on about, uh, we, we all like to say, a lot of people like to call it their baby. I like to just call this my, uh, my passion project. Uh, the book is on Amazon right now. It's got a Kindle and a, and a paperback version. Uh, if you want to like, if you're not, if you don't want the book, but you just like supporting creators, then by all means follow the Patreon, the Cobalt Coyote. And of course, like if you want to see me talking about things, you can find me on Twitter at Warren.50 or the Cobalt Coyote. Uh, you can check me out on Tumblr. I do have a TikTok. I'm going to get back to posting. That is also called the Cobalt Coyote. And I'll, 
I can I could try Instagram, but I, I make no promises. My Instagram that I want you to follow is Warren Dotson the author. That's Warren underscore Dotson underscore the underscore author. Okay. And where can they find the book? Is it on Amazon or Yeah, I said I said Amazon.com and it's also on Kubo and Ingram Spark. All right. And I'll have all this stuff linked below. So if you guys want to get in contact with him and if you guys want to look at the book and figure it out, I'm going to also have a description list below. So basically whatever you um basically read on the book as the summary, I'm basically going to just post that. Also, if you want to just go ahead and give us the summary real quick of the book. I know yeah. this is the end, but <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. So the book, of course, I've told you, takes place in Mistian. It's a world that's made a compromise since people are born with incredible magic to make non-magic users who happen to just coexist feel a little safer. They're allowed to have a world with advanced technology. So for every, so like maybe two or three magic users will exist in a town, but like the other person to feel a little more comfortable can be allowed to create like a talk, an AI that helps them like run things. But to keep, but to make sure magic users are also kept in line, the the magic community created a tier list. So it's just mage is the basic description. Mystic is someone who can go out and solve issues that are more surface level than anything else or street level. Sage works more as like a personal or political figure. They help keep relations well, and they also sometimes step in if things are getting out of hand, and then there's Sorcerer, the highest rank. The story of New Light takes place following Med. She's lived her entire life in isolation because she's very special as a dark angel who can manipulate reality and help heal people. Med only wants to help. She only wants to heal. So she heads out to Nexi Syene to begin her life as a mystic and hopefully do good things in the world or make the world better. And she teams up with her new friend, with her new teammates, Syset, Jax, Shade, Dixie, and Scratch, as they encounter an older, an older mage who is, to put it, to put it mildly, incredibly disgruntled, who wants nothing more than to create a sort of social Darwinistic reality where the mages, because they are stronger or more powerful and don't need to compromise, and everyone else who disagrees will have to deal with the consequences of what he believes is right or wrong. All right. All right. So if you guys, if that sounds interesting to you, I I can't wait to love. Um, I might go ahead and try to go buy it today. So you guys definitely got to go read this book and let me know what you guys think. Put it in the comments below. But I want to thank you again for coming on and talking and chatting it up with us. It was very fun. I really appreciate this. Also, I want to add in this. This is our second time doing this interview. I messed up the first one. I'm glad that we're able to read and do this interview. And I'm sorry for any inconveniences may have caused you. Uh, don't worry. I, I understand. Uh, I'm just glad it got done at this point. All right, there. I want to go ahead and say peace to the listeners. Peace.